Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Talk Wordy to Me. I'm your host, Jordana Levine, and today I've got quite the treat for you. I'm chatting with psychosexologist Chantelle Otten about her debut nonfiction book, The Sex Ed You Never Had. This is the book you needed when discovering sex for the first time. Hell, this is the book that you need now. I learned so many things that I didn't know about my own body, about my partner's body, about sex, gender identity, menstruation. Actually, you know what? She covers everything in this book. It is a reference guide and a manual that you will refer to again and again. I've already picked it up several times since this interview. Chantelle and I spoke about the writing process the importance of sexual education, the need for inclusivity when discussing sex, uh, fiction books with sexy scenes that you're going to want to take your time with, and so much more. We start this conversation off by me asking Chantelle exactly what a psychosexologist is. I'm someone who deals with the most important sexual organ, which is the brain. And so my background is in psychology. I've then been trained in sexual medicine, in sexology, and I help anyone and everyone with sexual questions, sexual concerns they have. I like to consider myself a bit of like a sex detective, if that makes sense. You come to me, you have something going on. It's my job to figure out why you're having concerns in this area, what are all the pieces to this puzzle and help you reach, you know, your goals of fun, pleasurable sex. Beautiful. And what do you think are some of the misconceptions when people hear that you're a sexologist? Like what what, what kind of questions usually come up? Now, not so much, you know, I think like people can kind of understand, but I would mm. definitely when I moved back to Australia from Amsterdam, people thought I was a sex worker and there's nothing wrong with being a sex worker. It's just that that's not my job. I'm it's like a good different profession. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I definitely think it took a while to get people to understand that this is very much more like a therapeutic practice. Mm. This is talking therapy. Um, and, you know, it's, it's part of a multidisciplinary team really focusing on all the elements of sexuality and how they join together. And do you see people separately? Do you see them as couples? Is it a little bit of both? Both. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, So you can come as an individual, you can come as a couple, whatever you like to do. Often when there is someone who is coming to me individually that is part of a couple, I like to introduce their partner into the therapy because it always works better when we're all on the same page. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sounds beautiful. All right. So you're here today to talk about your new book, The Sex Ed You Never Had. And I just kind of want to read through the contents of it because when, when I first picked it up, I thought, oh my God, this book is so thick. Like what has been filled with these pages, you know, Mm. because I understand that there's a lot, well, I'll get into it as we, as we go on, but there's, um, there's obviously a lot that needs to be told or needs to be taught or lots of questions that people have but Mm. it was only when I started reading it that I was like oh my god I don't know any of this stuff I was actually I was flicking through this book with my partner and he knew way more about stuff than I did and he was like oh wow you know this book's so fantastic for teenagers and people discovering sex for the first time and I was like teenagers I don't know half this stuff so we'll go through the contents of it we start with body parts uh Mm. I would have failed most of that section I have to say yeah yeah yeah. assigned sex gender puberty menstruation healthy and happy coochies and boobies loved that section uh body image masturbation pleasure products contraception safer sex sexual identity consent sexual debut good sex and how to have it techniques kink sexual concerns dating and relationships. So it really is covering all bases. Mm. Yeah, it's a great foundation for, I think, everyone to, I, I mean, I think we'll all take something from this book, no matter how much you think you know, I yeah. think there's always something that you can look up and go, oh, okay, I can I can say this in a different way right now. So what was your intention behind writing the book? I just noticed that there has been, you know, I I work with adults, primarily, you know, teenagers, adults of all ages. And I just recognized that there was a real lack of like foundation understanding into all of these topics, Mm. you know, and I'm, you know, of course that's a generalization, but I'm, I'm like most of my patients that came in wouldn't know how to label their genitals they wouldn't know the menstrual cycle they wouldn't understand how consent works or like what good sex is or what pleasure is and I I really think that this was inspiration for me to write this book because it's not just my patients that I see it's people online that are asking me such basic questions a lot of the time that I really thought well you know, I could spend the rest of my life answering the same question over and over again, or I can put this all down in writing and say, you know what, I cover all of this in my book. There's so much more for you to learn on this topic. Why don't you go check it out and see if you, you know, still have these questions afterwards? Yeah, it's it's an incredible resource. Well, where do you think we should be getting our sex education from, though? Should we be getting it as early as school? Should it be coming from our parents, our peers? Where Where is the gap in that? Well, look, I think that sex education is starting to be really covered a lot better than obviously when we were in school and when our parents were in school. I do think it has to come from the education system because, you know, as parents, there's so much that, you know, so much responsibility that you have. And if you don't have like the skills to work in this area, you might feel like you're not doing the best job. Of course, this book is also for parents to get a little bit more grasp on having those like they shouldn't be challenging but having those conversations with your children Mm. I do think it needs to come from school and I think it needs to come as early as primary school you know really learning a lot more about consent about communication about you know blended families different sexual orientations that's what's taught over in 
like Holland Mm. Um, and you know you start learning to say can I hug you no I'm not down you know I'm not up for a hug today like just really simple consent questions yeah yeah it's 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 wild that consent isn't taught at school yeah yeah absolutely um so tell me when you when you're writing a book about sex and I guess more so the chapters like good sex and how to have it Sex is so individualized and subjective. So where do you sort of start with this stuff? Well, I mean, the main thing is for me to just give a very basic overview in this book. Of course, it's individualized. So you really have to take the information that's in there and go, is this applicable to me? Maybe it is. You know, it's all about being curious. So where do I start? I literally just start with the basics. We're talking about oral sex. We're talking about hand play. We're talking about body exploration and different erogenous zones. And people can take what they want from that and develop from there. This book is really like it's not about how to have the best sex of your life. It's about to understand the basic fundamentals of sexuality in the first place. Yeah. And where where do you think we take it from there? Like once we have the fundamentals and the basics, mm. how how do we improve on our sex lives from that point? I think it is about communicating with your sexual partner first and foremost, but you know, you need to you, you need to understand what's going on in your body first. You know, is there self-pleasure involved? Do you know what you like? What feels good? What touch is good for you? Do you need vibrations, you know, different lubricants? Is there anything that's uncomfortable or painful or that you're ashamed Mm. about? And it's about unraveling that and then moving on to the next step. So exploring websites like omgs.com, looking at sex positive accounts like my own, you know, where we talk about more exciting things. And then I guess, you know, looking at other sexologists and their books, there are some great books out there about, you know, having wild sex, about kink, you know, going online and shopping for new toys, that kind of thing. Um, It's just about keeping your mind open and trial and error, really. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? I I recently wrote a book about dating and relationships and, you know, a big part of that was saying to women especially, but everyone, you know, it's time to flip the lens and start to have a think about how you want to feel in relationships and, and what's important to you when you're entering. And I think it's the same thing with sex, right? It's like we focus so much and again, mass generalization, but we focus so much on the other person and making sure that they're feeling pleasure and their needs are being met. And a lot of the time we haven't really stopped to think about what it is that we want and what excites us and, and you know, what gets us off. And I think that's what's addressed so beautifully in this book. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's yeah. really nice of you. I just kind of wanted it to be like a you're talking to your to your big sister about, you know, all these things that you can't talk to anyone else about or like you're talking to a friend about these topics. I really wanted it to be a lot more personal and a lot less clinical than yeah. I guess, what we've typically seen in the past. Yeah. And what I mean on that, what conversations do you think we need to be having more of when it comes to sex? All of them. (laughs) I think we need to stop, you know, I think the more that we stop talking about it, the more that we keep it inside and we we book barriers up to it, the the kind of less favours we're doing ourselves, you know. Mm. We can learn from others. We can learn from our friends and from people around us about, you know, what they like and and that it's normal to like kinky things and it's normal to want to try things. And, you know, when, when things are uncomfortable or difficult, 
that it's okay to reach out and ask for help for that kind of topic. And there will always be someone that gives you different advice, you know, that will be really positive advice. Of course, you'll get some bad advice too. So it's really yeah. about, you know, <laughs> filtering through and thinking, well, what works for me in this scenario? Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the inclusivity clause that you have at the front of the book because I think it's so important and it was actually done really, really well. I had a similar clause in the dating book that I wrote, but you, you tackled it really well and I imagine it would have been quite difficult to write a book like this and make sure that everybody felt seen. Mm-hmm. So what was that process like for you? It's a process that I really wanted to hone in on from the very start. But of course, you know, you you have to be so well versed in this area to be able to include everyone. And, And for me, it actually caused quite a lot of anxiety for a while and lots of emails back and forth with my publishers and, you know, just saying like, we need to refer people as they're Uh, as the way that their bodies are kind of made and and in regards to their anatomy rather than what we can assume they identify Mm. as. And I really just didn't want to come forth with any types of assumptions because we've had enough books like that, you know. We've had enough books that refer refer to binary kind of language. And, I, you know, I have friends, I have um, patients, I have followers that are are really – you know, not on that binary black and white view. And I really wanted to make sure that they felt like this book was also for them. So the process was, it wasn't like it was hugely challenging. It was just more, um, it was a bit stressful because, you know, you, it takes a little bit of time to also make your whole team come around to that language as well. And I was very lucky that my editors were so supportive of me um, and the, I guess the amount of push that I had around discussing these topics in a non-binary manner as, uh, to the best of my ability. Yeah, yeah. Well, you did a beautiful job. You really did. And it was something I really noticed as I went throughout the book. You know, sometimes there's a clause at the beginning and then it's kind of dismissed as you go through, but, you know, you really held it the whole way through. So Thank you. well done you. Thank you. <laughs> um, how I'm fascinated by p- people's writing habits and how they write. And you've got, I mean, you've got a thriving practice. You work full time. How, how did you find writing the book? And was it something that you did over a long period of time or was it something that just kind of you know flowed out of you I think I considered it for a long period of time um, yeah but I wrote it really quickly okay (laughs) so I have difficulties with my attention so for me procrastination is so easy for me to do um and I just felt like when I first got the contract I didn't even feel like I was mature enough to write this book you know it took a lot of soul searching and a lot of personal reflection to go what the fuck are you doing like how do you write this and you know I kind of looked around at ways other people that had you know written and I thought well I can take some inspiration from others but at the end of the day no one's going to do this better than myself in my own language and I had to think how do I talk in my sessions and Mm. someone told me, you know, Clementine Ford, who's a friend of mine, she reads out all of her books and she reads it out chapter by chapter and makes sure that it's 
really conversational and and that it's easy to follow so I just started doing it in that manner but of course you know like I had some friends read the book I had um doctors and and they're like hey you forgot about this STI or hey you forgot about this (laughs) and I was like oh my god I absolutely did so it's it takes a village you know it's not just me I was just really lucky that I had the most amazing team around me, you know, my manager, Georgie, who's also my best friend. I think she's probably read this book about seven times now. And she'd be like, you need to make it more fun. It's too clinical here or it's this and that. And I would just like work during the night, you know, because I'm, I'm running a practice with over 20 staff. Now I have other commitments to do and I just needed peace and quiet. So yeah, I had full burnout at the end of it. It was absolutely it's a tough process isn't it yeah Yeah. I can I can only imagine what it's like writing with a with a thriving practice as well because I'm a full-time writer so that's all I do but I also find it just so depleting by the end of writing a book it's like Mm. yeah it's that it's that full burnout so you know doing it like your books at the end right like no you're just like like take it away (laughs) (laughs) and then they send it back for editing and you're like no No, I can't look at it it's trauma it's absolute trauma but I'm just studying you know now that it's helping people I'm really starting to get it come around to it which is great fantastic and how's it how's it doing it's been out it's been out for about a month now is it yeah so it's been good it went to number one on booktopia which is really exciting and um I was thrilled because it was up next to one of my favorite authors which is uh, Leanne Moriarty yeah I love all of her books so I was like oh my god like you know, we're side by side and that was really cool. And, you know, it's done really well in the health and wellness sector. Um, so I'm pretty pumped about it. And people are yeah. just getting all their pre-orders now. So I'm getting amazing messages and it's made me feel good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I got sent a copy from your publisher um, in lieu of this interview. And when I posted it on my stories, on my Instagram stories, I had so many DMs of people that were so excited about it. I think people... They just want to know this stuff. And it's like we said before, no one's talking about it. So if they can get a book and read it in their own time, yeah, feeling good about it. It's great. Are you a big reader? Do you read a lot? I used to be a massive reader when I was Mm. younger. So I was, I'm I'm naturally introverted um, and quite shy, but I have a sister who's got an intellectual disability who's 11 months older than me and we went through um, prep together and then when she went to um, a disability school, I kind of had to learn how to be a bit more extroverted and I don't know, I think after like year six going into high school, you have to learn how to be a bit cooler, a little bit more outgoing, like learn a little bit more about yourself. I've mm. always been a little bit of an odd bodge and I think like during that time of getting into high school, I kind of let go of reading a little bit I think it was all a bit too too much growth during that stage yeah and then um when I you know and then you go straight into studies and I studied for years you know and you're reading things like medical I was reading medical journals I Mm. used to be a sexologist scientist so research into sexuality okay and you just don't want to read anything after that because you're you're doing the same process you're staying up until like 3 a.m in the morning reading medical journals and writing scientific um, papers. So, yeah, I I hadn't read for a really long time um, and I only just started after I finished this book reading again. Okay. So Mm. what was your, what's your latest read? What did you last read? 
Oh, it was it was one of Leanne Moriarty's books. <laughs> was it? Was it the was latest the, one? Um, no, four? I haven't read that. That's on my bedside table. And I also read Jesse Stevens' book, um, Heart Heartbreak, Heartbreak, Heart Sick, Heart Sick. I loved yeah. it. It was really amazing. So yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it was really cool. So I'm I'm excited to do that. I read when I'm. We've got an infrared sauna at my house, which is mm, so bougie, but I read so in nice. the sauna. I've got one too. Private. So super bougie. <laughs> know all about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's private. It's quiet. I can do yeah. that. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you if you had any, and maybe you don't, maybe you don't, but any fiction books that you've read with like really good sex scenes, because I think they're really hard to write. Mm. I haven't tried to write one myself yet. It is on my to-do list, but I have read a few that just, you're just not feeling it and it just feels fake. Um, I read one the other day. It was a, it was in Sally Rooney's new book, um, Oh God, what's that book called? This Beautiful World or something like that. Yeah. And Sally Rooney does sex scenes really, really well. Have you read Normal People? I haven't because I watched the TV show. Okay. And so I got the book and I was like, I know what happens. I can't <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the sex scenes in the show were really good too. Yeah. But she writes them really well. But I just wondered if you, if you knew of any fictions yeah. with good sex scenes in them. Um, it's been a while. I, I, Having my memory, Paulina Simmons, oh yeah, um, trilogy, The Bronze Horseman was one yes. of my favorites of all time, and I don't know even know like if I would read that. And there's like good sex scenes in there, but I remember when I was a teenager, I was like, "Fuck, this is so hot!" Like I remember yeah. it like imprinted on my mind. If I look at it now, like I'm sure there's some things that are like probably not that great in there but you yeah. know what it, it made an impression on me for for a very long time so I just bought it the other day I'm gonna revisit it okay good idea I've actually mm. got that on my shelf it was one of my favorite books for a really long time too and yeah. you're right like I must have read it in late teens early 20s yeah. and though yeah those sex scenes were quite impactful they were hot at and the time. Spicy. Yeah, yeah. they were good for us little teenagers. I think I dumped my boyfriend afterwards. You know, it was just like <laughs> none of you this. Oh, like up. had a Disney view. <laughs> yeah, it really like romanticized a lot for me. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, okay, I have some rapid fire questions, uh, and they are bookie questions. So see how you go. See if you can answer them. First question is fiction or nonfiction. What's your favorite? Fiction. Fiction, yeah. And what was your favourite book growing up? Oh, it was The Bronze Horseman for sure. Yeah, I beautiful. loved I mean, though I loved like the Harry Potter series and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, oh, what was the other ones that I liked? I can't. I think it was like True Blood. Like I think I read all of them. Like my mom's a real bookworm, so she gave me okay. all of these books before they were really popular. And so I'd be like, I've already read them like a year ago. Like it was, it was really interesting. I didn't know True Blood was a book series. Yeah. Oh, now they were hot sex scenes. They're hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I love fantasy, you know. I think like if you lose – like your imagination and your creativity, then you really lose a lot of that eroticism. So I, I yeah. love them. Yeah, beautiful. Um, what's a book that changed your life, do you think? <sighs> what was a book that's changed my life? <laughs> Probably my book. <laughs> yeah, no, great answer. <laughs> I'll give you that book. one. <laughs> I, I think, though, that um, I really loved Esther Perel's um, 
book on infidelity. Well, just on the nuances of desire. It's called Mating in Captivity. And yeah. I mean, Esther Perel is the reason why I became a sexologist. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. That's that's nonfiction, though. That's really about. No, that's 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 a good one. Mm. Um, what's a book you buy other people? I don't buy other people books. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's a good answer I, I buy other people experiences um, instead or I'll buy other people jewellery because I think that you don't often buy yourself like really nice jewellery or like, you you know, you often kind of treat everyone else to like the best of the best. So my job is like, it's not even for birthdays. It's just I'll be like, hey, I'll pick you up for lunch and then we'll go and go get a massage, a couple's massage. That's what I do with all of my oh, friends. that's you know, nice. My, mom, my mother-in-law, that kind of thing. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's better than a book. Yeah. Um, favorite, <laughs> favorite author? Favorite author. Well, I haven't actually read his book, but my favorite author is Dylan Alcott. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I, met, I met Dylan at his book signing. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, where we started our connection. And obviously we're in a beautiful relationship now. But he's an author. I haven't read the book. but Why, really why, have, you, why have you not read the book? Did he ask you not to read it? No, no. I just told him that I never would. I mean, there's no point. He's got some stories to tell me that are you know, I want to learn in real time. I don't want to yeah. come up with an assumption of him. But I do have his, like, I do have his book poster on my wall up there um, in yeah. our room. So, yeah. No, that, that's beautiful. That was a great day for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, I think that's beautiful. I, I've i got two, my first two books are very uh, anecdotal. There's lots mm-hmm. of personal story in them. And I've asked my boyfriend not to read them for the same reason. I'm like, you need to figure all that stuff out for yourself. You know, yeah, yeah. You don't need a manual. I don't get a manual. (laughs) It's not fair. Um, What, last question, what is your next read? What are you going to read next? You know what? I'll go back to, I'll go back to Leanne Moriarty's new book and I will go back and read The Bronze Horseman again. Um, I actually just listened to a book though on Audible. Mm. It was Holly Madison's book. She was one of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends. Oh, yeah. And um, it's so, I just needed something super light, like super entertaining and a bit nostalgic for me. So she her book was called down the rabbit hole and i found that really interesting to learn a lot more about what life was like in the playboy mansion because i did grow up watching the girls next door um and it was just it actually helped me because she spoke a lot about how hugh hefner you know he had all these girlfriends but he was so rigid in like the way that he viewed women and the way that he viewed women was put into these magazines that made other people view them in the same way so for example he didn't like any of his girlfriends to have protruding labia minora which is your inner lips so they were all photoshopped tidied you know taken out um and made to see like look exactly the same in all of his magazines and online and if you think about us you know these days as a society um Uh, labiaplasty is one of the most uh, rising surgeries that vulva owners get and it's because all of us were taught that we had to have inner like labia that was tidy and small and you know Mm -hmm. labia are like snowflakes they're all different so I, I found that really interesting just the way that we have been absolutely shaped by 
these misogynistic kind of toxic guys who have ruled our media over the years. Absolutely. And also Mm -hmm. men's perception of what a woman should look like by looking at those magazines. Yeah, that's so interesting. So that was a really interesting one and I found that quite easy to listen to. How do you listen to an audio book? Like in the sauna, going for a walk, in bed? Usually in the sauna um, and, yeah, if I stroll around sometimes but when I'm so tired at the moment, I think just coming out of lockdown, I think I just need like pump up music when I'm walking. But it'll be like when I'm doing the dishes or like making a meal or something like that, I'll listen to an audio book. Did you record an audio book for this, for your book? I did. It was absolutely brutal. And Isn't I was it a brutal process? <laughs> I hated the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think people have no idea how brutal it is. I remember my publisher saying to me, because, you know, I do a lot of podcasting, so I'm used to talking on the microphone. Mm. And she's like, it's going to be really hard. And I was like, I'm going to love it. I love the sound of my own voice. And yeah. no, no, it was a brutal week. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you're just like, sitting there and I actually don't talk that much and especially because of COVID like I haven't been talking I'm a therapist I'm not talking to people they're talking at me yeah that's and true I'm listening. so yeah. my throat my tongue would swell up I was just sitting there I felt like a rugby player like my whole neck would be like like inflamed and I couldn't I would just come home I couldn't even speak so we had to actually cut it down and do it over two weeks in four hour blocks instead of like the eight hour blocks over one week instead yeah no I look I think four hours max per day yeah yeah Yeah. but Dylan I mean Dill said that he had to do like eight hours and he was just you know they stop you every time you make a mistake and like yeah back and change your phone and oh the nightmare so for everyone listening to audiobooks you know have a little bit yeah it was a real effort (laughs) yeah 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 all right honey well thank you so much for chatting to me today about books about your book about reading I really appreciate it Thanks for having me. What What is next for you? Oh, I'd love a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I just want a vacay. Um, no, I'm recording a podcast at the moment, which is really fun and okay. it's an accessible podcast so that, you know, those who have difficulty with hearing can watch it and there will be captions involved. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and that's kind of what I just want to focus on. I, I feel like I've been working so hard for so long at the moment that I, I really just want to know what it's like to also like have a bit of fun. It's been COVID. Um, My partner's been away for about four months of this year and, you know, just learning how to not be by myself again is also a different journey too. So I'm I'm kind of in the transition stage right now. Yeah, beautiful. And if people want to find out more about you, where's the best place to do that? So I think Instagram's a really great way to see a good insight into someone. So it's at Chantal underscore Otten underscore sexologist. Or my website is www.chantalotten.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Chantal. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Chantel. If you'd like to share it with your friends, take a screenshot on your phone and share it to your Instagram stories. You can tag me at Jordana Levine and tag Chantel at Chantel underscore Otten underscore sexologist. And her new book, The Sex You Never Had, is available in all good bookstores. In Friday's bonus episode, we're chatting all about money books with my favorite financial wellness expert, Betsy Westcott. If you're anything like me and the idea of reading a money book puts you to sleep, (laughs) 
then I think you'll enjoy this chat with Betsy because she's got an incredible way of getting you excited about finances. Don't know how she does it, but she does it. Until then, I'm Jordana Levine and you've been listening to Talk Wordy to Me. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.